0: Living God, help us to hear your holy word that we may truly understand and that understanding we may believe. And by believing, we may follow in all faithfulness and obedience, seeking your honor and glory in all that we do. Through Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. good morning. It's a pleasure to be here this morning. And uh, we greet you from Puerto Rico. No Arroyo, but now Guayama, Puerto Rico. (laughs) So this morning I will uh, preach from 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. So during this time we have been... Uh, difficult times, uh, COVID-19. Uh, now the conflict between Russia and Ukraine, Ukraine. Uh, but also we have been dealing with a personal, right, uh, challenges, health problems, uh, financial financial situations, uh, and only one can help us through all that conflict, through all that problems. And you know who is. It's Jesus Christ. So we may think who is our only comfort in life and in death? Our faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. And this is what Peter wants us to understand, that through conflict, through the problems in our life, we may look to Jesus. We may see the hope. We may see the living hope that we have received in Christ. And Peter is writing this letter to the diaspora, to the diaspora in Asia minor, minor, to encourage the church there to, who are facing persecution, to go through the persecution, but looking to the one who can help them to hold fast, to go through the conflict. And that person is Jesus Christ, and in our, also in a personal situation. We can go only to one, and he's the only Son of God. So we can stand up and read the, the Word of God, First Peter, chapter one, three through five. Do you do you stand when you read the Bible, or no? If you please stand. <laughs> okay. And the Bible says, "Bless the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to His great mercy." He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfunded, kept in heaven for you. You may be sick. So if we look at verse 3, we can see that Peter starts with a doxology. Giving glory to God. He said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he's expressing doxology. And we may think, Why did Peter start with doxology? Arsis probably used to say that a good theology starts with a doxology. So what we are going to see uh, in verse in, uh, after the doxology is a good theology, it's a, a teaching from Peter to the church. To 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 grab Jesus Christ during all, or persecution or suffering. So, uh, who can pronounce? Who can truly uh, recite doxology? The people of God. So Peter is, is, is telling the church, uh, or is feeding, is giving food to the to the heart of the church, uh, giving this doxology. Why? Because only those who have been born again can truly pronounce doxology. And when we recite doxology, it's a great joy in our heart. Why? Because it's a privilege that we have received in Christ. It's a privilege that we can come and glorify God as a people of God. So the Apostle Peter has in mind that Giving this doxology, is giving the church uh, the privilege to rejoice in God during or, or in the midst of suffering, in the midst of persecution. So in that way, they can look upon God. And even when we are hurt, when we are through suffering, we can rejoice and we can glorify the only living God. So in this morning... Part of our adoration was doxology, the Gloria Patri, glory be to the Father, and not only to the Father, but we praise, we give glory to the Trinity: God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And when we pronounce doxology, it's not merely like it's not only that we are uh, like the lips out. It's not only that we are saying something without meaning, but we are, uh, when we express doxology, the is what has been happening since the beginning of the service. We have been worshiping God, we have been exalting God, honoring God. And, and the expression of doxology the is what is happening in our heart. We, we rejoice in worship, the only through God. So doxology is not only a moment in the service, but it's a reflection of what has been happening during the, since the beginning. We come in on Sunday and we worship the only true God to the calling of adoration, to the hymns, to the psalms, to the reading of the Word of God. But this dox, this, what is happening in the service this morning it's what we carry, we will carry us during the week. So we pronounce doxology, we worship God, but we also have to worship God during the week. So this is like, this is like the gas station where we embrace the mean of grace, preaching, praying, and the sacrament. And we take this with us uh, during the week. Why? Because this uh, strength of our phases give us strength in our daily walk during the week. So when we when Peter gives the doxology to the church, it's because the church needs to be reminded who is our hope, who is our 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 rock and is the only living God. So the doxology helps us to remember in who we trust and in who is our hope. So and, and Peter said in chapter in verse three, bless the Father, bless be God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So it's through Jesus Christ that we truly can pronounce doxology. It's through Jesus Christ where we can uh, worship truly the only living God. It's through Jesus Christ that we, can be, we receive that privilege of doxology. And why is through Jesus Christ? Because we have to be born again. So our hope begins at birth again. So we have to be born again. Jesus transformed our life and gave us a new heart, a new birth. And this birth is only to the, nat- the natural son of God, who is Jesus. So in union with Jesus Christ, we, ha- we, bo- we have been born again. And when we born again, he gave us something. He gave us the living hope. So in verse 3, he said, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope. So when we are brought to Jesus Christ... We receive salvation, but we receive also a living hope. And this born again is, you know, is, is, is presented in, in John 3, chapter, uh, John chapter 3, verse 3. When, when Nicodemus came to Jesus Christ at night, and what Nicodemus was looking for was for approval. So he came to Jesus Christ at night, and he was hoping that Jesus can tell him, Yes, you're saved. You have everything that you need to be saved because you're a doctor. You, you're a doctor of the law, so you don't need anything else. But what Nicodemus received instead of that, he said, Jesus told him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. In other words, Jesus is saying, is telling him, you may be doctor in the law, but that is not going. Is, that is not going to save you. You have to be born again. And in, according to Peter, according to the whole Bible, God is who makes us born again. He has caused us to be born again. And this is one of the promise of the new covenant. In Ezekiel thirty-six twenty-six said. And I will give you a new heart. I will give you. That's God' work. I will give you a new heart and a new spirit. I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh. And I give you a heart of flesh. So God is the one who worked the new birth in us. He, he, he removed the heart of stone and he put the heart of flesh. And that way we, we can be born again. That way we have a new desire, new life, new hope. The living hope. But those who walk without Jesus Christ, they don't have the living hope. So if you walk in your life without the Son of God, without trusting the work, the perfect work of active active obedience and and passive obedience. You know, if you walk in this life without Jesus Christ, you don't have a living hope. You may have many hopes. Maybe you have hopes in your family. You may have hopes in the money. You may have hopes in your work uh, or your deeds, or your good work. But without Jesus Christ, you do not have a living hope. Who walked without Jesus in his life, doesn't have a permanent hope. And this is what we were before we came to Jesus Christ. This is what happened in our life without, uh, before we... we, we uh, uh, Confess our sin and ask for forgiveness. We were walking without the living hope. In Romans one twenty three, said, and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for image resembling mortal men and birth and animals and creeping things. So the one who walked without Jesus Christ has hope, but hope in the, in the creation, hope in those things that now will last forever and we were like that we were without hope but in Jesus Christ no matter what are you facing no matter what is your situation our hope is permanent and alive something that no creation something that no creature can give you Nothing in earth can offer you a living hope. And our hope is a living hope because it's open, it's grounded, it's upon the foundation of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's why it's a living hope. The living hope uh, gives us security during the suffering so whatever you are going through, Paul is telling, uh, Peter is telling us, look back and look upon Jesus Christ. Because that living hope is going to help you in everything in your life. So the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the evidence that his work was received by the Father. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is the evidence that this hope is a living hope and that our salvation is secure in his, in his resurrection. So when we receive the living hope, we also receive something. Our hope is an excellent, is in the excellent inheritance of in Christ, so our hope is in the excellent inheritance we have through Christ. And in Peter chapter three and verse uh, four, said to an inheritance that is imperishable. So we receive the living hope, and also we receive an inheritance. And and you have to understand something. The inheritance that we have been rece- that we receive in Jesus Christ is given to the church. It's given to the saint. It's given to the elect. It's given to the body of Christ. In Ephesians chapter one verse five, said, "He predestinated us from adoption to himself as a son through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will." And in verse 11 said, In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. So who are the one who receive this inheritance? The church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 8, verse 16 and 17 said, The Spirit himself bear witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provide we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. And this inheritance, as I said before, is only receiving Jesus Christ. As a natural man, as a of a people without Christ. We have an inheritance. And what is this inheritance? We receive the, nature, the, nat- the nature of sin. In the Ch catechism chapter 16, the question is: Did all mankind fall in Adam's first transgression? And the answer is: the covenant being made with Adam, not only from himself, but his, his posterity? All mankind. Descending from him by ordinary generation, sin in him, and fell with him in his first transgression. So we have, we have received something from our first parent. And it's sin. And this inheritance from the first parent are corrupt, are polluted, and, and, and fade away. But the inheritance that we receive in Jesus Christ... The P- Peter told us that is not corruptible, that is not pollu- that it's polluted, and is not fade away. Verse four said to an inheritance that is imper- imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. I don't know if you have received any inheritance before from a grandmother or grandfather or something like that. When, when a grandfather and, and mother die, there's many in Puerto Rico, I, I don't know if it happened here, but in Puerto Rico, it, there, that bring many problems because brother argue with brothers and with cousins and, and they fight uh, over the inheritance of who's going to receive more, who, what is the, the right amount for everyone and it's a, it's a problem. And that, maybe you can receive money for that inheritance or a house or a car or something like that. But let me tell you something. The money won't last forever. The house won't last forever. The car will be the young car in a few years in in your street. Won't last forever. But the inheritance that we receive in Jesus Christ it's an eternal inheritance. It's not polluted, it's not corrupted, it not fade away. And I think Peter has in mind uh, money. He has in mind gold. He has in mind silver. If you see in 1 Peter chapter 1, uh, verse 7, he, he's talking about our faith. And he said that it's more precious precious than gold. And we see in, chapter, in, in verse 18... In chapter 1, 1 Peter uh, said, Knowing that you were a ransom from the futile ways inherited from your uh, forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold. So I think Peter is comparing the inheritance of Christ with the inheritance here on earth. And he's saying that those things, silver and gold, and whatever you can receive here on earth, is corrupted, if corrupted, fade away, and won't last forever. But we receive an excellent inheritance in Jesus Christ. This inheritance that we receive in Jesus Christ, the salvation, the eternal life, the forgiveness of our sins, will never disappear will never aspire. It will last forever. And let me tell you something. We don't need a, a special revelation that can give us secure in God, secure in our salvation. We have everything that we need in the Bible. And in this verse, Peter is saying, you have been receiving an excellent inheritance that lasts Forever, it's not corrupted, it's not polluted, it's not fade away. And when we gonna receive this inheritance? In verse four, said kept in heaven for you. So we are going to receive the excellent inheritance when Christ, uh, when we go to Him in heaven, we're gonna receive this perfect. An eternal inheritance that not will uh, go away, but is secure in us, in Jesus Christ. And this is what Peter said in verse 5. Our hope is in the assurance of salvation in Christ. Verse 5 said, Who oh, by God's power are being guard through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last Day. So Peter said, you receive a new birth, you have been receiving a living hope, you receive an excellent inheritance, but let me tell you something, the one who guard, the one who keep you, the one who is guarding your face, your salvation, is God's power. Is God himself. And this is what. Ephesians 1. Chapter 1. Verse 14 said. 13 and 14. said, In him you also. When you hear the word of truth. The gospel of your salvation. And believe in him. We are sealed with the promise of. Holy Spirit. Who is the guarantee. Of our inheritance. Until we acquire possession of it. To the praise of of his glory. So God, through the work of the Holy Spirit, guard all salvation, assure our salvation, preserve us in the sacrifice and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. So this inheritance we have been receiving as a people of God, we are being saved by grace but all, our salvation will be completed when, when we uh, live this world, this life enjoying Jesus Christ forever in verse 5 says who by God power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time and yes we are safe and yes, we're going to be saved uh, in 30, in 20, in 10 years from now. But our salvation will be completed when Jesus Christ calls us home. or oh, if he comes first. So brothers, if you are facing any conflict, any suffering, remember that we have been receiving an incorruptible inheritance. So let look to Christ and his living hope. This is only, this is what we have, and this is what we need in our life. So we must surrender before him and reject any false hope, any false inheritance, and look upon Christ and come to him in repentance. If we have been trusting this world, We have been trusting any other hope in this earth and confess that the only thing that we need in this life, that our only hope in this life is our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has promised us an inheritance, an excellent inheritance. This is what Peter is telling the church. You're facing persecution. Persecution. But remember that the only one who can carry you through this persecution is Jesus Christ. So the only one, brothers and sisters, who can carry you through suffering, through persecution, if we face persecution in the future, is the Son of God who gave his life in our place to forgive our sin and give you eternal life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you because you gave your son, Jesus Christ, to live a a perfect life in our place and to die on the cross in our place. And thank you because you raised him from the dead. And that's our hope. That is our excellent inheritance that one day we're going to receive completely when he calls us home, When he comes to pick up his church, help us to remember that through suffering or through persecution, we have Jesus Christ who gave us a living hope and who gave us an excellent inheritance that will last forever. We pray in Jesus Christ. Amen.